to the Pixels Link Podcast, episode 291, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining me today are our panel of experts. First, we have Cole Watson. Always a pleasure. And how are you doing, Cole? I'm doing good. How was your day? Yeah, this is okay. Okay. We're, we're having a lot of house showings right now because we're selling the house. I'm moving. Yay, boo. And uh, someone stole an amiibo from my house. Okay, who goes into a house showing and steals something? I mean, I guess that's a thing people do. I might have. It's just, it's just not nice. It was. If it was a Meta Knight, you bet your bottom dollar I might have taken that. I did have a Captain Falcon out that surprised me wasn't. Captain, I owned Captain Falcon, though. Mm. I wouldn't take it. Oh. So what did they steal? They stole Diddy from the Smash line. What? Yeah, not is that a like very rare, popular though? character. Really? I don't think it's that rare. I, what I'm asking, is it? No, I don't think so. I don't I mean, think I they... like all amiibos are becoming rare because it doesn't seem like Nintendo's putting any like effort into making them anymore. I think they're like widely available in Japan, though, if you just want to get that model instead of the English. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you uh, are the person that took Cole Watson's Diddy amiibo then please return it because that wasn't a very nice thing to do. Yeah, please reach out to me on Twitter at Kaiser underscore Watson. I'm deeply missing my ditty. He's missing his ditty. What's with that New York accent? I don't know. <laughs> I do voices from time to time. It's always fun. You should listen to the other pod. You should listen to the anime podcast, Jordan. You'd hear this a lot more. Oh, By the way, okay, this is also on our cast today. We have Jordan Biorti. Yes. If hi, Jordan. Already a parent. Yeah, you're already here. Okay, I don't even have to say hi to you anymore then. I'm going to move on. Oh, uh, they're going to ask me we, how my day was? How was your day, Jordan? It was okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have Alex Hensiuk. I appreciate that everyone gets the same airtime. It's, it's really good. I just, yeah. you, you guys are valued. You're an important member of the team. And how come none of y'all ask me how my day is? We're not there yet. Yeah, we know how your day was. We'll introduce yeah, you after. Circle. I, I introduced <laughs> myself first. But if anybody wants to buy a Diddy Kong Amiibo, um, hit me up. On <laughs> <laughs> <My> Twitter. <laughs> at Twitter at Axhansiak. Thank you. I just came into contact with one. Don't ask me how. Oh. And how are you, Alex? I'm doing good. It's, it's a beautiful day. I no longer have pneumonia, so. I'm really glad you're not dead. We missed yeah. you last week. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. It's, it's really good. All right, guys. Should we uh, get started? Yes. Woo! Okay, games. Let's talk about games. All right, so the, um, this week uh, we had a few different uh, releases, and it all seemed to happen on May 8th. That was apparently the big day for games this week. So first things first, we had Tacoma. That came out. Indie for PlayStation 4. Yeah, that looks, it looks yeah. neat, although I don't know how I feel um, about uh, a lot of these walking sims. See, I'm a big fan of the Walking Sin. I really, really, really loved everyone gone to the everyone's gone to the Rapture. Oh, and oh man, dude, you just don't understand. I do You're understand. I understand that it's a not game that you know tells you uh, everyone else's more interesting story, and you don't get to really be a part of it. That's the whole point. You are actually, actually, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to give away the ending, but you're wrong. Um, (laughs) So that's So so you're telling me that 90% of that game isn't watching everyone else's story. Unlike something like something like, no, I'm not saying give away the ending, but I'm telling, I'm asking you what the gameplay is like, because you you make a game like uh, the um, Edith Finch. I want that you to th- actually is a walking sim that actually has gameplay and involves the character. Oh, but the then you can start then you can start talking about like uh games like 
Remember Me and Firewatch and things like that, where there's actual things happening too. Well, yeah, it's like you don't go into a walking sim for the gameplay. You go into the walking sim first, the story and the world building. It's a, just like playing an open world game, except it's yeah, not open world. It's the, a it's a quick. It's 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 an interactive movie essentially. But I mean, like yeah, but if I want to watch that, a movie, I'll watch a movie. Interactive. Okay, well, every video so game is an interactive movie, but you have to have interactivity as part of it. Just, wa- yeah, just like walking around things. and watching a movie, just going from movie to movie. That's not a game. That's that is literally just a movie. <laughs> but the big thing about this whole medium is that everything's subjective. People want to play open world games. People yeah. want to play multiplayer games. Some people just want to walk around in a world and and have a story told. It's to nice them. to have the yeah. diversity. Yeah, but it's 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 more the idea of like and and in any of these walking sims, the the biggest appeal is it's more the idea of discovering the story for yourself as opposed to having it sort of it is it, it's but it a is very, being told to you okay well you you let, let a let a girl finish before <laughs> no. you talk her over because no. like this is no good um like you like it's it's more of the fact that you're you're it, it's a even though it's a, a linear game you are going to find a certain progression and as as you should with that kind of narrative it's it's more of the the exploration and looking around aspect of it and the the finding it it's also not exactly a long game like they're they're short like firewatch i think is a maximum of 6 hours maybe 4 what's gone home like, like um, an hour? i haven't played gone home either have i yeah it's it's short but i mean that's that's the whole point you want to have that uh i played um and some some do it not so great like uh i played a game called air and it's a great game for somebody like they, they're just out of college and the this team that did it. And um, it was it's a beautiful game and you can sort of fly from air island to air island and find things. And that's great. But there wasn't enough story to kind of hook you into it. Yeah. So like the, the good thing about any kind of walking sim game is you want something that has a rich story with a ton of characters to explore and get like go deep into the characters as opposed to like just focus on actual game mechanics and fighting and and things to do in the thing my thing to do is actually go talk to these people and meet these people and find their story so that's the appeal of something like that it might not be your appeal jordan but that's what the appeal of that game is for people who are interested in it what i'm saying is you could have all of that but if you're going to remove something from a game like namely uh i guess like combat or any kind of like you know any kind of actual like interactive element, you have to replace it with something. And like a story and characters isn't enough. Like every game for has you though, but Jordan, that's the thing. It's for you, right? No, like it's period. Okay, like that's that's an objective you- quality. Like you can't take something out of a game and just okay, be but, like, but oh, well, time- we put a story there, so you got that. that that's fine. Well, okay, but at the same time, you, 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 I mean, yeah, it's it's sort of a linear, and you sort of you know follow the path, but you do it at your own pace, and you're looking around, and it's sort of like that experience that you can choose when to go, when not to go and everything. And that's sort of like, yeah, but it's like a movie with that. more direction, which is like, it's a cool thing every to have. Every game has a story, well, this has qualifies. characters and has uh, like a, a, a pace at which you can progress through it. Like God of War did that. You can take the story in at your own pace. Okay, I feel like we're getting a little off track here because like we could keep talking about this. I feel like maybe this is a, an argument that we could probably keep going on it. Yeah. Three out of four of us seem to think that yes, this does qualify. Well, three out of four of you is wrong. So okay, moving on. Oh, I can't wait. To get to the <laughs> podcast. Incidentally, we're going to talk about the labo today. Um, yes. But uh, 
Yeah. Okay. So anyway, Tacoma came out on May 8th. Um, uh, another game came out uh, a little while ago, but it came to Switch on May 8th was uh, Death Road to Canada, yeah. which is a great little brawler, uh, cute pixel art, really zombies. Done some some zombies. It's done some uh, d- d- has done really well in its first relaunch, launch, and I can't imagine it doing anything but really well for the Switch because it's a fun game. Uh, they're a great team, and of course they're Canadian. So shout out to our Canadians! Woo! All right, another big title uh, out this week: Pillars of Eternity Two Deadfire came out also on May eighth. Um, Jeez, oh, Cole. I'm excited for Pillars of Eternity Two, but the problem with like Pillars of Eternity One for me mm-hmm. that I know I'll suffer from again is that with these kind <laughs> of RPGs. I continuously remake my character. I'll go like three <laughs> hours deep and like complete like the first storyline or the big first quest. And I'll like, oh, but I feel like my character's terrible. <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll rework. I'll come back. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll completely change it up. This time I'll be a wizard. This time I'll be a fighter. This time I'll be a monk. And I just got to learn how to settle <laughs> on my choices. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I, have, I suffer from the same problem. Yeah. Uh, basically in any kind of game where I have to create a character, pick a class, I will like halfway go through and like do, yeah, be really excited about it and then be really excited about something else later and start all over again. Um, <laughs> I mean, you get more time out of your games this way. So yeah, know, it's it's a value proposition. Yeah. I just feel like I build my characters wrong and then I look at build guides and then I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is how I make a good character. But I don't follow it at the end. I'm like, I want to put my own twist. I well, want to do fireballs instead of freezing. But yeah, see, that's the, that's the thing. Like guides. Okay. And another thing we could kind of talk about is the fact that like guides are okay in a game, like in, through gameplay, like yeah. in for that kind of, for that exact reason. Like you want to know what, what is, what, what are a few suggestions for the ideal build of a certain character? Mm-hmm. And in the end, it doesn't even matter because like you will like get, it'll give you maybe a, a head start or an idea of a direction to go, but you will always end up changing it up. Yeah. There's always like a, a different viable option that you can yeah. switch to. Exactly. Um, so anyway, I know uh, Preston, uh, Preston Doza did our review of Pillars of Eternity 2 and uh, he had a lot of really interesting things to say about it I think he really enjoyed his time with it and you can also yeah. check that one out on cgmagonline.com um, okay so guys do you remember the game that had the genital adjuster big flopping ditties yeah that too <laughs> um, so Conan Exiles what has finally left uh, it's, it's um, early access and is now a full release. Nice. Yeah. Yay. So that came out on the 8th. So two days ago, it's out. And um, yeah. It's out. I don't know. It's out. It's yeah, out. It's a survival game. It's right? a survival game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, another it's, one to put next to Rust and all those others like arc as well yeah um another choice and it's it's a it's a cool it's a cool concept the way they had it done at first um i haven't seen it much since like really early early access so i'm not sure what it looks like right now um i'm not entirely sure the response is 100 it is Oh, okay. Like, but there's I thought it was survival. Like, oh, I thought it was like a real like old kind of like not, not like old school. Cause I remember I remember one of the like I guess first Conan online games, and I figured it was something in the vein of that. It was like um, a true like World of Warcraft style MMO. I didn't get that from Exiles from no. what I saw from it. At least from like the opening weekend. I'll be honest, I, I haven't looked at it at all. 
No, 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 no. It's, it's I was aware really of the general uh, of the genital jousting, but I didn't real uh, know like what it was. No, this is a true to form open world survival game with Conan um, the Barbarian. Do, with do, Conan do you, the you actually barbarian. get to meet Conan the Barbarian? Probably I think I want to feel like you can become. Conan, Does he have the biggest like right. gilded dong of all the game characters? <laughs> um, I mean, there's a meter. You there know, is his, his exceeds yeah. the meter because he is Conan. The dong slider. <laughs> that's that's really all I remember from the the early uh, uh, announcements from this was that. Um, but it's it's a really like check it out. It's a really pretty game. Um, I'm not entirely sure it's being as well received as it, they would like it to be, from what I understand. But uh, I'm gonna have to go back and check that one myself. So yeah, it's it's getting a it's it's not too bad like. Hopefully it's it's averaging around a six ish, so from what I can the see, the release add some groundswell to it. Yeah, um, I really want to see what's changed since then. So that's cool. Um, we also had a couple DLCs released. Um, Shadow of War got their DLC, uh, Desolation of Mordor, for Middle Earth Shadow of War. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and Destiny Two got Warmind. And you were talking about this one. What's what's that one all about? Oh, Destiny Two. Yeah, the the Warmind DLC. Uh, so the the DLC itself isn't affected, but like the stability of the game, they they implemented a new patch, mm-hmm. and just as quickly they rolled it back. It's like, oh, there's just too many bugs, and everyone's having matchmaking issues. Everyone's having these these uh these glitches appear, and just like Bungie, you need a better Q and A system than this mm. for a game that hinges on players coming back for the DLC. You want opening weekend as flawless as possible. And every time they implement a patch, they break something else and have to apologize. Mm. So same. So this time as well, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's a shame. I'm hearing good reception to the DLC. Yeah. It's just the actual stability of the game is completely just broken right now. What did what did this add? Uh, Hard to say, because I've I've jumped out of Destiny 2 because I don't. I, I got sick of the patches myself. Yeah, and I just jumped off the experience. It just wasn't for me. Okay. I got really right. bored of Destiny as well after like the. I mean, way before even Curse of Osiris. Um, it, it's and just like just seeing the uh, the bungee cycle. Like I just, I really uh, couldn't go on like pretend to support this game anymore. Um, I know, I know it brings out like a, or it brought out um, like a horde mode. Apparently there's like some, uh, it's got like, yeah. it's got Mars as a new like world, um, some like horde mode. It's got like a very small, um, a new story. ritual activity. Uh, it's an escalation protocol. What would that mean? I don't play destiny. I don't know if it's just, just stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is that just is that just jargon for what this? this oh no, is? it's it's basically um it, uh new like it's it's just new benchmark rewards kind of thing that happen every week. There's there's also oh, okay like, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. The, it's the name of the of the horde mode yeah. is escalation protocol. Um, there's a new relic weapon. There's the Valkyrie, which is a javelin. That's cool. I'm all into javelins and games, so I'm good with that. Some new gear. So, yeah, it comes out. New areas, new terrain, new modes for cooperative play. So that's cool. I mean, yeah, Um, but, like, this is the... Who love Destiny. Yeah. 
but that's probably the problem too is that like i feel like it's not just us i i kind of feel like everyone is off the destiny 2 train so like Mm. the fact that they're rolling out uh dlc is like well good on them they're trying to support it but it's like they have lost so much like player goodwill that i don't feel like any amount of dlc is going to bring the people who left it back at, at, yeah, and I mean, at the same time, I think the people that are still there are definitely going to buy the DLC. Oh, absolutely. If, if they've stuck around this long with Destiny 2, they're they're all in, right? Yeah. yeah. The people, I think the people that are still there are still there for a reason, and that's that's great for them. So, awesome. Cool. All right. So, let's move into some big news. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if we're going to start with the big news. Um, let's actually, let's start news. with this. <laughs> let's start with my favorite news piece of the week. All right. So, did you guys hear that Walmart Canada leaked... The potential E3 2018 games, and uh, so they they had okay. So here's the story: they had a whole bunch of games uh, listed on the uh, Walmart site, and we've seen that in the past. Sometimes these store links usually indicate that this is a real thing. Yeah. On in this case, I'm not entirely sure because they had okay. They had a few games. They had Rage Two, which we kind of heard some things about already. So there's already been rumors about that one. Yeah, We've heard Gears of War 5. Believable. Borderlands 3. Believable. Here's my favorite. Forza Horizon 5. Oh, that's a for sure. Definite. Yeah, forget 4. 4 doesn't need to happen. We have 5, so that's good. Um, Just Cause 4 and a new Splinter Cell and a new Assassin's Creed. Um, So, I don't know, guys. I don't know how this would even, like... Like, are they just overly ambitious employees in this case? Because, like, obviously not... Like, okay, some of these make sense, but yeah. Forza I mean, Horizon yeah. 5. Maybe they're going to do a double announcement. Yeah. Four and yeah. five. Two in one pack. Double pack. <laughs> you get four and five. Four and five all together. Just, we're just, we're not even going to do, forget DLC, just two games. Yeah. The DLC is the second the game. DLC is yeah, like of, that old Xbox fashion. 360 pack that included Marvel Ultimate Alliance and Forza. Yeah. They're just doing it over again. Four and five. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, I believe that there's another Assassin's Creed game. New Splinter Cell, sure. Yeah. I'm excited for the new Splinter Cell. Really? You I think mean, new Assassin's th- Creed this this soon after Origins? Origins? Origins took a long time and it's been out for a while. I, I thought the whole point of of Ubisoft taking a break to make Origins was because they were just flooding the market with Assassin's Creeds every like six months. I well, I could see them doing a remaster of an old one. I feel like maybe VR. Oh, I feel like Assassin's it could be a VR. VR. I could even yeah. see it. That's not going to make anyone barfy. <laughs> of, uh, of Origins. Yeah. Well, how much uh, Ubisoft doesn't actually have a lot on Switch? Maybe they're bringing Assassin's Creed to Switch. That'd be cool. That would be a yeah, thing. Maybe. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love how. Okay, so Bethesda kind of took to their social media. Oh yeah, and, and they like. <laughs> It was amazing. So they, they they basically like they they just slammed the actual product page and said that everything was wrong. They don't have the wrong. It, it was just font. They gave them caps. some. They gave them some yeah. notes. The big, they gave Walmart some notes people. about this. Yeah. See, I don't know because I'm I'm kind of intrigued to your earlier question that we glossed over there, Lisa. That like if this was like an overzealous employee because like. I mean, like, how does how does it work? Like, like, what is it? Um, I don't know. E three um, is really not that far away, but it's still probably far enough that like they wouldn't issue out um, 
I want like like early um, product listings to get ready because I'm sure like you know once these announcements no. happen at E3, like you're gonna see uh, like like product pages go up on on store websites, right? So like well, it couldn't possibly be this early. If you look at the uh, the actual like screenshots for, screen grabs from uh, the store listings, they're not actual product listing. They're listings of the product, and they have like an Xbox One box and like just a just text in that box it's saying the game. Okay. So they found actually in sorry? the pre-order section, or is it like just this different page full of these games, like an E3? Banner? It was just it was just in the listing. Like okay. there's no pre-orders or anything like that because you can select your own yeah. so it was just literally in the um in the, in the x uh, for example the um rage 2 one in all xbox games it was in the listing there okay. so well, um go ahead yeah, i mean save for horizon forza horizon 5 i think they're all you know they're all possible to be the three and you know it, if, if if i was to take a guess it'd be like yeah they could all show up but yeah it's a very believable list i mean i don't see them all no, I don't think that this is real. They could all be announced, but I don't think it's because the person knows it or anything. I oh, absolutely not. Well, um, I mean, at this point in time, like I, I know that companies are getting ready for E3 at this point and they're starting to send out their emails and they're starting to talk about things that, you know, could be showing. So it, yeah. they're like, it's possible. There, there is a possibility that somebody somewhere has heard something. So yeah, I mean, it obviously, have been like some, you know, like employee, right? Like this would have to go through like a like a PR person well, who had access to the website. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So, but again, PR, PR, uh, like an employee of Walmart would, you know, misunderstand that this is not stuff to go up. But on the other hand, also, uh, I'm not holding a lot of this, you know, as like this, none of this is truth in my mind. <laughs> I don't like to like assume anything until it's been completely confirmed. Yeah. But uh, especially when he, <laughs> you, <laughs> you jumped in, yeah, yeah. You you're done. You just rage two, yeah. rage two with like Forza the black. Pardon? Forza four and Forza five. Oh, <laughs> man. percent off already. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, E3 is going to be interesting this year. I think, yeah. uh, I think there's going to be some really um, predictable and not so predictable announcements. Um, I'm expecting a lot of Switch ports, man. I really am. Oh, yeah. Like, that's all I'm going to hear. Speaking of Switch ports, we got the best possible announcement we could have got. And I'm so glad because I got really tempted. I made myself a Japanese account and, like, I I toyed with the idea of getting this game. Um, But we're finally getting Monster Hunter Generations for the Switch West Side. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I'm oh happy. my god! Actually, let's just move time, on to that. You what? I'm, I'm happy with it. At the same time, I'm like, I don't know if I can go back with the quality of life changes that world has implemented. Well, you It'll know, be but like, to see, see, okay, but uh, you know, for someone like me who hasn't played Generations, a lot of what what it looks like they're adding to to Generations Ultimate. Uh, looks really cool and very like different from the kind of thing that world is. So it's it's I feel like it's definitely going to be the kind of game that yeah like you know because playing world now it's hard to imagine going back to something even like something like ultimate uh, on the 3ds and enjoying yeah. it as much as I enjoy world. But like everything they're adding to like like the different styles, the different like power moves. It seems like the, the kind of game that's going to be different enough on a platform that's different enough from a traditional like sit down experience that it'll like it'll actually genuinely work. 
Yeah, I played Generations for 3DS, and really, Generations is just like a celebratory game mm-hmm. of like, hey, the, these are like all of the monsters' greatest hits. Essentially, we we assembled the best list. That's what they wanted to do while the main team worked on World. Yeah, um, it's not my favorite one to grind out. I definitely prefer Four U and Three U to Generations, but uh, if I were to jump in with with something on the switch i i would definitely like to at least try this one to see mm-hmm. how it is on the go because i love monster hunter as a portable experience yeah definitely i don't know i'm i'm really excited for it man i mean i just i can't get me enough monster hunter and it, it like it really makes me happy to see um at least coming like to the west on, on the switch uh an, yeah. another monster hunter experience because it genuinely bummed me out when they brought uh double cross to japan and I was like, no, bring it here. Like, we want Monster Hunter 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, man. And, and, and as long as it as long as it starts as it like generates more and more interest into Monster Hunter, and it at least shows to Capcom there is a wide market for Monster Hunter games across all platforms in the West, that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. I can't wait. Was the insect glaive in uh in generations? It was introduced in for you. Was it so, in yeah, for it's you? I don't remember yep. ever using it in for you. I'll have to go back and look. Because I'm really, I'm really into yeah. it now in in world. Oh, you're using Insect Glaive in yeah, world. Yeah, I, I switched over from the uh, charge blade over to the glaive, and I really love it. Yeah, glaive's a lot of fun. Oh, man. I'm now going hammer because uh, for the Cold Teroth Siege, I got like this massive gold hammer that's great for thunder damage, and I just call it Mjolnir now. Oh well, I got I got Dante's Devil Sword for thunder damage now, and that's a charge blade. Oh yeah, I use that too. So you know, I got every, I got all my bases covered here. <laughs> As you can tell, audience, me and Jordan are a little obsessed. Oh man, I'm finally <laughs> just a little if, bit. If if I hadn't started playing near Automata recently because I picked it up for cheap during that big like anime inspired game sale on ps4 i probably would still be playing ultimate or uh, world because i'm one monster one elder dragon short of the final boss oh which one is it Kush? um the uh the big uh wind tornado dragon yeah, i, I beat uh, i beat the teostra and i beat the uh d- the death dragon yeah valhazak valhazak that's it i just me and my buddies we kind of go by like signifiers and not actual names and for some reason i always want to call the teostra uh the teostra the toasterina because it's a fire <laughs> lion and there's it, it reminds me of uh super mario odyssey because there's like the desert level where it's toasterina and that's like it's hot plus there's lions there you know it just it works in my mind yeah <laughs> <laughs> we have lots we have lots of names we call uh was it the uh the uh dodogama or the, uh, um is uh i think we call that thanos because it has a huge chin um, <laughs> the uh odogar uh, garon we call clifford because it's a big red dog yep big red um, dog. i've heard that one a lot the rathalos we call big red oh yeah <laughs> There's a lot of big reds in this. Yeah, big the, uh, what was it? I, I forget the name of it now. The big, uh, the the one you find in the Rotten Vale. That's like the big spiky uh, guy that like. Yeah, we call that Beyblade. Yeah, yeah, I've heard Beyblade. <laughs> so, <sighs> wow, well, guys, wow. Oh yeah, we could we should we could start our a whole like oh, Monster yeah. Hunter podcast. Oh yeah, hundred percent, we could. <laughs> I would love a video series on if we all just got together in a massive guild. That'd be really fun. Just Guys, start I'm this weekend. Let's do that. 
I just yeah. yeah, let's we I haven't played since I think you Cole, you yeah. and I and Preston played. Um I think I'm still at rank six, so <laughs> I'm a little behind you guys, but yeah, I've gone up I have that. a lot of charm or <laughs> a lot of personality. I have a lot of like, I'm great. enthusiasm. <laughs> That's all you I get. die a lot, but I have a lot of enthusiasm. Just go hunting horn and be pure support. That's it. That's it. Just play us right, some songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sing to you guys while you guys kill my monsters for me. It'll be great. I believe you can find Oh, God. No, we're not going to start. We're singing too much before the podcast. We're going to stop now. Okay, let's bring down the mood. All yes. right. So, um, so you guys know how Microsoft has been kind of evasive with the numbers of the sales of the Xbox One yeah, over the yes. time. Yes, they have. Um, so according to uh, after a uh, earnings call or uh, uh, with uh, Xbox uh, with um, e- EA CEO Andrew Wilson, he released information uh, that Microsoft had sold about 30 million Xbox One box one consoles by the end of 2017. However, since launch, since launch. Okay. And, however, Sony has sold 73 million PS4s. So, which is more? Yeah, which is, that is more. Yes, thank 73 you. Alex. is a bigger number. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're not giving enough credit to Nintendo, uh, who sold uh, 17 million switches in, in the first, uh, its first console it's year. Even, and considering it, that it released in a non-holiday month, um, that's pretty impressive. Are we at first year at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah we we'll we'll passed first year, year right? Yeah. Yeah. Year two months. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. That's pretty I mean, impressive. I, I don't think this is really surprising news. No. Just, just personally, people I know, I mean, I'd say like a third of the people I know have Xboxes compared to Playstations, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. See, I'm, I'm the opposite. I don't know a lot of people who actually own Xboxes. Almost everyone I know has PS4s. Hmm. And there's sl- and even still, like I know of a lot of friends who I've kind of like convinced to get switches. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. really like it's really uh, the 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 three or the the 360. The one is uh, still, I think, a pretty hard sell. And I I would go as far to say it's probably because the lack of exclusives. So is yeah. I think that's a problem. Sure. Are these numbers including the One X? Is like all the Xbox? This is just all Xbox One. All Xbox One, right? Okay. Um, and that's just um, they expect to see uh, an actual like uh, according to after their discussion, um, uh, and uh, Andrew Wilson said that they that EA does expect to see that these consoles will actually continue to be uh, selling quite strong and he does see an uptake mm-hmm. in the current gen console sales by the end of this uh, by the end of uh, 2018 so um but yeah it's um i mean 30 million is not bad it's it's no yeah it's it's successful enough it's just so, playstation is so much more successful right now yeah when you multiply I, 30 million by like five the, the 500 dollars it costs to purchase uh, I mean an Xbox that's a lot of money they're not they're not exactly hurting for money and they're still pushing like they're still really pushing the system mm-hmm. um they're like really supporting they're the pushing sales the entertainment front yeah. more than anything because yeah. they know that's where they beat them out at yeah yeah with yeah. like Dolby Atmos support and stuff for the for the one X exactly um so uh yeah we'll see how we'll have to see what the uh like I mean, I understand why Microsoft hasn't been very vocal about their sales mm-hmm. oh, up yeah. to this point. Yeah, yeah. You that never makes a want lot to say of sense. A loser. No. Yeah, 
But I mean, <laughs> it's, it's still it's, nothing. It's also weird to call. Yeah, it was weird, it's weird to call them a loser when they sold thirty million. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's like it's not actually losing. Yeah, but I mean, I think they need a big E three. I think I think Microsoft yeah. needs to throw out some nice exclusives. Yeah, they will. But I, I feel like this is the time where they they need to do it, step up or be. Yeah, but what are they? Yeah, so like you know, their their definition of exclusives is going to be like another Halo, another Gears of War, like. They don't have anything in the in the wheelhouse that like oh, find out at E three. Well, they were trying really hard with the um, their ID program, um, and the the uh, the indie program that they have, and they're really good with the uh, indie devs that they work with in mm-hmm. terms of that. Like Cuphead was an exclusive, yeah. and if they had, I think if they spent a lot more time focusing on that particular area mm-hmm. and really promote, because they did an amazing job promoting. Uh, they're like the, the they're winning indies in in their minds kind yeah. of thing, and I think if they spent a lot more time with that, that might help a little bit. Mm. Um, but in the end, if yeah. you can play everything on every platform, really, yeah, will it, I mean, it ends up coming down to all the the other only other thing they can do is keep improving, like the performance mm-hmm. of the whole thing, which eventually hit a plateau. But yeah, right now it's like Nintendo has their exclusive, and then Sony, you know, yeah, Sony has so many exclusives. Yeah, so uh, E three. E3. Well, again, we'll see what's happening there. Crackdown's going to bring it all back. (laughs) Yeah, whatever happened to Crackdown? Wasn't that a thing, Crackdown? Uh, The last announcement I heard is that it no longer runs at 60 FPS. (laughs) Well, that's that's good. That's I mean, that's a cinematic choice, right? It makes it look more like a movie. For my big jumping dude. Yeah. Okay, so next up, uh, Nintendo just revealed their details for their upcoming switch online service yeah yes yeah. and this is this is uh ugh. well it's not the worst but i don't know i'm not uh, i'm not a hundred percent sure on it yet yeah. okay so right now let's just talk about what they are offering so yes the main feature that they're uh, offering is uh access to switch games and, and online functionalities so that was yeah, a thing I- and we um, knew that that was coming. Like they, they did say like that was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, they announced that at a mini direct a couple months ago back, right? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. said yeah, keep coming, and it's game. So yeah, and it and they did. Um, that was the same time they talked about that uh, Mario Temple Run thing, the app. Mario Run. Mario, not Mario Run. Mario, uh, Mario Run. Mario Run. I think it was Kart. Kart. Mario Kart. Yeah, Mario. Kart. Yeah, it was yeah. Mario Kart. Right. Yeah. Coming this um, fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> Thank you, Alex. <laughs> um, also, uh, you'll users will be able to use the Switch Online smartphone app for voice chat and some other unannounced features, Ooh. which um, I could imagine is probably going to be uh, like stuff like the Splatoon like thing, where like you can like sort of interact with the game through the app. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure oh, there's like a marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. And like you can like keep track of like stats and stuff too. So I'm sure it's going to be something like that. Yeah. But I mean, Nintendo, sorry, Lisa, I don't mean to cut oh, no. you off. There. Go ahead. Like, you weren't I, finished. I like, uh, Nintendo's like, Nintendo's is usually really good with stuff like that. So like if they were going to add stuff um, like features to this mobile app, it's probably going to be like creative enough to add something to the game. Yeah. Well, well, uh, again, we'll have to see. I'm probably going to hear a lot more about this at E3. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and uh, they'll also be able to store data and backup on uh, back data backups online, which is great. Uh, that's been missing. Everyone's getting so salty about this, though. 
about what being able to save your data back well the fact is like it's like it wasn't a feature until you get the it's not a feature unless you do the paid online subscription and everyone's like oh this is not okay like they should just be able to back up save data no matter what and blah 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 because all the other consoles do it yeah, but Nintendo's yeah, but not like all the other consoles. You have to subscribe to online anyway. Like, you have to subscribe to yeah, PSN. Because you're subscribing to, like, a cloud server. Yeah, exactly. what you're doing. I don't know. I think I, I agree with you. Jordan, I actually agree with you. Like, I think there's no reason yeah, to be scared of this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the thing is that, you know, online has been free for so long since it's launched on the Switch. And now they're like, okay, you're paying for it. But, I mean, you do get the 30 NES games, I think. Yeah, so I was just going to yeah, get into that. It's so 20. Twenty yeah, announced 20 now, and there's more to be like announced or something Which is like that. Way cheaper than getting an NES Classic, so I mean, yeah. See, but the, the thing that I question now, um, and this is the thing that I that I worry about, but I'm like kind of not like I'm still somewhat on the fence about it. Is that because they have these the, these NES titles? Um, they're adding like new features, like like online play and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And who knows what that means? Like like can you, can you play? mario 3 online with a with a stranger like that would be pretty neat um but at the same time the idea that they're not bringing the virtual console to the switch although like not to say that they won't do something because they haven't necessarily said it's not happening they're just not bringing stuff under the virtual console banner yeah so who knows if that means they're going to try and evolve the concept of the virtual console um and I, but like I'm, I, I, uh, like I'm not sure, based on the details that are available. Like, is uh, are these games like? Is it going to be like like the PS Now thing where you have access to these games so long as you're online, or you can actually download them and put them on your Switch? Yeah, I mean, I think the details about that haven't actually been discussed, so that'll it be said, interesting uh, to see. Yeah, Nintendo says the games will be available offline, though. They, they're saying it's yeah, awful. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so then that that's my thing because I initially had thought like the best move for Nintendo to do is to offer games like as part of a like a streaming service if you're going to pay for this thing, but then also bring out the virtual console if you want to buy them. But yeah, I think that's I think that's what Jordan's trying to say. Like they'll they'll be available offline, but for how long? Maybe. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And I I wonder. Probably not, but like if you buy a month, then you're off. I'm, I'm guessing they lock you out of the games. I'm guessing. You yeah, well, I think of it like, them. okay, it PS, PS Plus. Yeah, 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 I yeah, feel like it's yeah. going to be very much like PS Plus. Um, and, and honestly, it's it's cheaper oh, yeah. in, in Canadian. I mean, like just for a, for a year, like that's that's ridiculous. 25. Yeah. At, yeah, 24 dollars yeah. and, and, <laughs> and if you have like four, wait, is it eight, eight people? Yeah, yeah, up to so eight people. You, you can get eight friends together, pay $45 for the eight of you. And it's, you know, it's really cheap. You get the games. You also get voice chat, which is something that was really missing. In yeah. Games, which is, you know, I would pay just for but that. The fact so, that yeah. it's the, and right now it was the only console that didn't have anything yeah. like and that. It's also way cheaper than any other, you know, subscription. Yeah, but, yeah. but the fact that you have to do it through the app, like through the proprietary thing. And who knows if you still need that stupid dongle to be able to connect to the Switch. Like, it's just, it seems weird to me that they didn't just integrate but, it into the system. Isn't it? No, well, yeah, they, yeah. That they have to put everything through the app. Well, it says I know it says uh, the, the the switch like online uh, smartphone app for voice chat, and mm-hmm. I I know for a fact for Splatoon how it worked was that you had the 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 app open on your phone. There was like a mm-hmm. a, a dongle like that connected to your phone, and then you had to plug like you plugged like one side into the 
switch and then like another side into like like the headset that you were using. So it was like this just massive mm-hmm. wires and it was stupid. So there was voice chat for Splatoon, right? Where they had that yeah. that um that attachment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I wonder if they'll keep it like that. I I, I'm sure they they'll because that's terrible. <laughs> it just moved to Discord. Yeah, you could just do that. I, I I feel like this I think I think this smartphone app is going to be just basically like that. Like I don't think you're going to need a I dongle for it. I don't think it's going to connect to the console. Pardon? I don't think it's going to connect. I, I mean, I, no, it's it's going to yeah. connect to the online service, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying so, I think you can just have your headphones plugged into your phone. Yeah, yeah. I don't hopefully. think it's going to be as you know yeah, cumbersome I as as not. all that. But yeah, well, we'll find crossed. out for sure. But I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't understand why you would create an app and then require a dongle for your phone. Like that doesn't. Well, they, they like up till now they've had that. Yeah. yeah. With 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 the Splatoon thing, they had a weird thing, but. I, I don't see them. Doing but if they're that, having probably. their own proprietary yeah, yeah, app, exactly. then that, if, they're, if they're charging you for it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they're going to do that. That wouldn't make any sense. But all right, cool. Next up, uh, Thanos and Fortnite. Yeah. So Thanos will be coming to. He's there. Uh, he's is, he, there. He's is he coming? There. Is he there already? Yeah, I was reading something he's online. There. Apparently, he's, he's like so stupid overpowered that they had to nerf him. <laughs> yeah. So he's been he's been there for I think like three or four days, and they've already changed his power set because originally he was too powerful. Wow. Well, if anyone who's seen, well, shouldn't he? Uh, shouldn't yeah, he be too powerful? Infinity War can it's, it's understand. Back that up. I, I kind of wish that it was just like whoever gets the Infinity Gauntlet, then everyone else teams up on them and just like sort of like fights them. And then yeah. like, like maybe even a new mode in Fortnite where it's like everybody's on a team against Thanos, which would be, you know, kind of like a big budget movie that came out a week ago. Yeah, so. give him a Wakandan skin or something like that. That would yeah. be cool. That'd be cool. Something original. Yeah, but uh, I'm, does it say how long it's on till? I know it's limited time. Uh, let's see. It I'm not is, a super huge uh, Fortnite guy, so I wouldn't know. It begins on May 8th. Okay. Well, because no. for, Fortnite's, I mean, it's not my favorite thing, but it's, it's oh, yeah. huge. Video I, yeah. I, yeah. Right now, I, I really okay. like it. Is, is it better? I really like it. I'm just I'm just not good at it. Like, like there are people... Like you, you see that like ninja guy who can like build structures while sh- like moving and shooting his gun, and I have to stop every time I need to like reload. <laughs> like I can't do it. I, people, um, people just jump around and they shoot you in the face, and I hate it. And it's like I can't, I can't keep up with these young kids anymore nowadays. Change up your hotkeys. <laughs> Gotta get a better. I'm playing on PS4, man. I can't play it on PC. Change up your hotkeys. I got PS4. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> then you can't complain okay. if we play console. Ver- you, I'm sorry. In in the cross platform wars, console versus PC in terms of performance, console PS4 is never gonna win. It's not cross platform. It's everyone else is playing on PS4 and mobile. And they're you, you, just and mobile. Do you can get Thanos? Like, it, Thanos on mobile. So mad. Anyway, uh, right. so at this point, has Fortnite overtaken Probably. PUBG? Yes, yep. like yeah. completely. It's, it's yep. huge. It, well, yeah. It's free. Yeah, it's that's. I mean, that's, that's it's the. It's free. Thing. And it's the most it's optimized. Free, Are people but it's still playing PUBG? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say it's also got a lot more personality too. Like, like for sure. I mean, it's yeah. You it's look true. at uh, PUBG. And PUBG kind of just looks like an H1Z1 spinoff. Like it just, it looks like any other game on Steam, but like Fortnite has a unique personality, like a unique sense of style. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I remember when, when Fortnite was coming out and the PUBG people were like going to go sue them. I think they should have, because honestly, they, they, they <laughs> took the thing and they took the business. Uh, but that's that's and- a problematic thing because realistically, you can't sue someone over gameplay mechanics. If that were the, the case, every games. platformer could <laughs> just get sued by Nintendo. Be like, hey, that that's, that plays like yeah, Mario. Yeah. It's ours. 
Sell the ori- sue the and, original and author of Battle PUBG Royale. PUBG <laughs> invent the idea of the Battle Royale game. Like, it's it was around before. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, personally, I prefer PUBG's gameplay. Yeah, I... I, I just don't like building. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the, the big thing. I don't simple. like building. In yeah, and I like vehicles. Don't, don't build I mean, stuff. I, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, but no, but that's a that, whole part of the skill yeah, meta. Yeah, you need to learn how to build to build. get good. No, you don't. Yeah. Just just do what I do. Hide in a hide in a building. Has hotkey troubles. Wait, wait for someone to <laughs> yeah. show up. Shock on them in the face. If that doesn't work, then just rage quit. But what what if he puts up a wall? Then you shock on the wall. Next question. Yeah, that's simple. Find a find a rocket launcher. is in is in Fortnite, which is you know. It's fun. Yeah, it's great to see a team up of that scale mm-hmm. actually happen in a battle royale now. So. Yeah, and it, apparently, like, it, it seemed like it was just like, hey, it was like a phone call or like a meeting. It was like, you know, we like Thanos. You know, we like Fortnite, <laughs> and it happened. Put it in. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, NYXL wins stage three of Overwatch League. I know you're happy I said it right this time. I had to practice that. Yeah. Uh, that's why we have you here, man. I cannot talk to this. You go for it. So the NYXL, New York Excelsior, uh, they defeated the Boston Uprising in the Stage 3 Championships in the Overwatch League, which is exciting. But so... <laughs> I like, stuff. cool. Who cool. was the underdog and who was All right, the so expected? let me set the table for you. Also, what's happening to the Shanghai Dragons? All right. Okay. I will... One thing at a time here. <laughs> no, no. Hands. All at once. So the... <laughs> So uh, this the, the finals, Boston, going to this game, this stage, they had 10 wins and zero losses. The first team to go undefeated. Wow. And they're a team that at the beginning of the season, they're like, oh, they're going to finish in 10th out of 12 teams. They're shit. They're also the pers- the team who had the guy who is the pedophile on the team who got kicked off their team. Their best player kicked off the team, replaced. They've been winning ever since. NYXL is the team that, you know, from the beginning of the season, they are the team that's like, okay, these these guys are going to win it. Everything. Everything. They're so good. They're so talented. Yeah. And so that's the matchup we got. It was NYXL Boston, and NYXL trounced them. 3 nothing. That sounds exciting. How much it was upset in a final? It was it was really it was a really boring. So this is the first time. Normally there's three teams in, in the playoffs, and there's two games. There's a semifinals and a finals. This time there were four games, and there were four teams, and it was really boring. Oh. Three games. It, 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 all three games were three nothing wins. It was it was all sweeps, and just watching it, it was like. But that was, okay. Just wow. okay. All joking aside, like yeah. o- over the course of like stage three, that was not a very typical game setup. Like they, they, it wasn't like there weren't a lot of clean sweeps like that. No, no, and it was it was there was a lot of there was a lot of hype. I mean, you had both LA teams. You could have a, possibly an LA final, and they both lost three nothing in front of their home fans. And it wasn't really competitive after the first like two minutes. So it was wow. like it was pretty much the whole time just like okay, first Boston rolls by, then New York Excel, uh, you know, goes by, and then New York wins the thing. No, oh. it was there's really no, drama free. There's no brewing controversy, no. right? That maybe Boston Uprising got paid off. No, but uh, and then after this, so Boston anyway, they're second place in the league overall now. They you know they were ten and zero. They lost in the finals. Their coach quit after yeah. it. He's gone. He's he's got he's gone from the team. He's moved to a rival team actually, and I'm like, okay, a guy goes ten and zero, and then he's like, I'm out of here. It's it was weird. Yeah. What do you think? I I think they paid him more. I think that he was like, I'm not going to win with this team because New York Excel is going to be there. But I see this other team who has a lot of new young players, and we might have a chance. Yeah. Because the team he's moving to are like doing really well. They have like six new, like five new guys who are like really young, really like basically phenoms coming in. So I mean, I I guess he's done all he can in Boston. He feels like, and he's Mm -hmm. out. But it's just such a weird timing that, like, you know, your team's in second place and you're jumping ship. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they just thought that they weren't listening to him. I don't know. 
it's weird because uh, all the way through the, the players were praising the coach and being like, yeah, we listen to him. You know, we don't have a lot of egos on our team. We're just listening to the coach. Things go. And so it's it was it was, it was a blindside for sure. For, for listeners unaware, what mm-hmm. role does a coach actually serve on an esports So team? a coach basically sets up strategies. I mean, players work on it too, but, you know, it's basically when they're on the stage, it's just the players, right? Yeah. When yeah. you're playing the game, it's just the players. But all the week, you know, getting your strategies right, we're going to try this, we're going to send one person forward. You know, our Zenyatta player is going to play back. You know, it, it, there's, there's so many different things based on, like, who you pick and, like, all that that a coach comes through and does it. So, I, I mean, a good coach can elevate – a mediocre team and I guess a bad coach could bring down a great team but at the end it's the players playing right so mm-hmm. yeah I, I I don't think it's a huge loss for Boston but it is a loss wow yeah and then just quickly Shanghai there are zero wins and 30 losses <laughs> 10 games left <laughs> in their season uh they've shown a lot of improvement <laughs> <laughs> but but not enough to actually do anything no no I'm sorry I I, I don't follow anything of Overwatch League Except for the Shanghai Dragons, yep. just just my weekly update. Did they win yet? Yeah, that's that's really it, yeah. and they haven't, unfortunately. No. I mean, as soon as they win, I'm buying a jersey. That's, that's yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I am too. Yeah. I don't even care. Yeah. I'm totally buying one. That's it. Like, I mean, I, I the internet's gonna lose its shit. I mean, at least the Overwatch part when that happens, like if it happens, yeah. and also the first game is against the Dallas Fuel, who are just so awful now, and I think it can happen. Uh, May 16th, I think is the day. It's next Wednesday. It's at nine o'clock, or it's at eleven o'clock, or it's at seven o'clock. I don't know. But it's at one it. of those times. It's at one of those times. Just tu- you know what? Just 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 turn on your computer yeah. and it'll just pop up there yeah. randomly. I really hope it happens. I don't want them to go one forty. I way. don't like, either. I, I, just in professional sports, any sports, like, yeah, not one win. That's so sad. I just really want them to win something. Yeah, I just, for sure. There's a special place in my heart for them. For yeah. right your children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So go Shanghai is is my final Overwatch message. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Go Shanghai. All right. Uh, any other Overwatch news that we might have missed on? Uh, just that the stage one, the, that, that the overall final is the end of the year. Okay. The playoffs are going to take place in LA, which yeah. is a 500 uh, seat stadium. And then the grand finals, which is a two day event between the top two teams, is going to take place at the home of the Brooklyn Nets. Oh. So an 18,000 seat stadium in New York. Wow. Which is like, I mean, I, I think it's good for the sport having, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it's. We we have other athletes playing in huge stadiums. I mean, it's it's yeah. great to finally see like an yeah. esport played in a huge huge stadium and in North America. I exactly. Mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, I I'm pretty sure I don't I don't know if it's League or Dota too, but last year they came to the Rogers Center in Toronto and did mm-hmm. like a whole thing. I don't know if they used all the seats or whatever, but still like at least ten thousand people. Yeah. And it was it was really good. That's and, cool. I mean, I you know. It wouldn't make sense to have that every week, but to get people interested, f- fill a stadium, you know, get things rolling for next season. It's it's exciting. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, next up, we've got some series renewals that are coming up. Uh, one. Okay. One is just for me and a whole bunch of other people who are huge <laughs> Drew Barrymore fans. But Santa Clarita Diet got renewed for another season. Uh, have you guys watched it? No. It's, what's it about? It's a <laughs> Netflix original about. Oh, well, we, you didn't even watch it, so let me explain. All right. So anyway, it is a zombie movie. But essentially what happens is uh, Drew Barrymore's character, she lives the perfect like cookie cutter, white picket fence ha- uh, life. like per- <laughs> life kind of thing. Uh, yes, life, life. And then um, we don't know why, but one day she wakes up and she's a zombie. But she's like a normal zombie. <laughs> like she's like a human zombie. But she, yeah, well, she's she's dead and then all of a sudden she's not and um so it's basically this extremely hilarious look at how she can maintain her real life and satiate her bloodlust 
so she yeah it's, it's phenomenal guys. like it's uh it's a lot of different things that happen so it honestly it it's um it documents it really really like mm-hmm. very what's the word i'm looking for um grounded very twee it's really twee in the sense that it's like very rosy suburban kind of mm-hmm. like uh attitude towards the whole thing Oops. and then juxtaposed by zombies mm-hmm. so uh yeah it's really Sounds great neat. i totally recommend it uh and i'm glad it's coming back well, for a new season um, and now what speaking of like stuff I, do, I don't know if you guys saw but dude you went no, off you went off you to not, go did get you not coffee. see um uh they got a second trailer a season two trailer for luke cage yeah oh, did you really? didn't see it oh oh it looks so cool no. does it involve them like hey thanos what's happening i mean I, I gotta say of all the netflix marvel uh universe ones luke cage was my favorite yeah, I, yeah. You know, it's yeah. probably it's yeah. probably up there i mean um yeah okay sorry <laughs> sorry, guys, yeah, yeah, sorry i was trying to say something and you kept talking over me I am so sorry, okay. Jordan. Guys Please go, no. forgive Please me. Go Please go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. No, I just, all I wanted to say was Daredevil was my favorite. Oh, yeah. And then Alex said season one. Yeah, yeah. Daredevil season one uh, was good. Yeah. I definitely think uh, Jessica Jones season one was my favorite. Uh, I watched season two recently and I was really disappointed. Hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed Jessica Jones. Um, I, I I don't know. I just it didn't. I wasn't a fan of Daredevil, guys. I really wasn't. I liked everybody but Daredevil. That's pretty much it. And that kind of foggy nelson yeah oh foggy that's the one that gets me yeah oh him too actually you know what by by everybody i mean literally just who's the villain um Um, oh that was it yeah he was was so good yeah and i i mean it's still still awesome he's still a like one of the best villains even with all this coming up but uh anyway speaking of a last last renewals um 70 more episodes of Rick and Morty, guys! Ooh, one more season. <laughs> Forever. 70, 70 episodes of Morty. I'm just so excited. 70 more uh, adventures, Morty. There's actually this weird worry going on that mm-hmm. why haven't they renewed it? Up to this point? Yeah, because yeah, there was like at least, I think it was, I think it's been like six well, months. wasn't Justin Roiland, he was going through a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah. And there was some problems before that getting it, like it could have been like the very long actual production time That's before true. scares off a lot mm-hmm. of different, uh, would, would scare them off, right? So. And then Dan Harbin's kind of unreliable. Yeah, that too. In general. I mean, brilliant, but yes, unreliable. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as someone who doesn't really watch Rick and Morty, this is, this what? is. Is, is this because because the last time I heard it was done after season? I actually don't even know what season I was bluffing there. I'm sorry. Guys. <laughs> well, they always kind of tease the idea that it's done yeah. forever. Yeah, when and it's like okay, with seventy episodes, that seems like it's not even like oh, here's one more season. He's th- here's thirteen episodes. Like here's seventy. I mean, it's obviously you know successful, but yeah. And as an outsider, I'm like, oh. I think it was the the buzz the s- in between the season three sauce? and season four. Yeah, the Szechuan sauce. Wait, sorry, it's in between season two and season three, right? I think so. The last season was season three. I've lost it myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm lo- it's been so long. <laughs> but um, I think it was all that buzz that generated. Like, they realized like they're they've got. I'm sure they had at once that once that season was finally released and releasing it like the first episode through a live stream on April Fool's Day. I think it was, mm-hmm. but they did. What also generates a lot. No, yeah, no. When they when they finally released something from the latest season and it was uh, released as uh, on midnight, a live stream where they just kept repeating it, which was awesome. Um, It was great. 
And then, yeah, so I, it's generated a lot of buzz. There's a lot of talk about it. And it's just, for rightly so, it's a great show. It's yeah. a really great show. Um, yeah, that's it for news, guys. Uh, we're going to take a little break and hear from our sponsors when we get back. Uh, we're going to hear some comic news from Cole and Alex. And then we're going to hear a little bit about uh, Nintendo Labo from Cole and Jordan. You guys don't get a theme song. All right, we'll be right back. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Thanks again, sponsors. And now let's go to Cole and Alex for some comic news. Called in uh, Alex. They're the best of friends. And they talk about comics. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Cole? Good. <laughs> we should have a, an actual theme song for this. Oh, that'd be cute. Let's write one right now. <laughs> right. All right. No, we're not writing one right <laughs> now. as the audience. Like, All right. No. So uh, you guys read some stuff. Let's talk about, let's start with uh, Venom number one. Yeah. You guys have been talking about that for a few weeks now. I've been talking about Kay. this. I've been listening. the venom train keeps going that's gonna be my special segment every week is the venom train (laughs) until we actually get to the movie and then then you'll i'll be so happy jordan thinks i'll be depressed but i'll be happy Uh, you'll be happy yeah you're always happy so marvel's been doing their i don't know soft relaunch of creative teams and such yeah so venom number one came out this week donny cates is the writer ryan stegman is the artist I had a lot of fun with this issue. Yeah, I love the creative team. Yeah. It's it's great. <laughs> yeah, so the actual story about Venom number one this time, well, Venom, for people who want to jump in, this is still Eddie Brock and the symbiote, rocking it out. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is that Eddie's symbiote is acting out. It's getting these violent tendencies again. It's going through puberty. <laughs> Basically, for like the third time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it turns out like there's this... a lot of Lincoln Park... There's this like extra little bit of flair that Cates has done is that there was actually a symbiote kind of super soldier team akin to like Captain America when they were experimenting with the serums, as well as there was this ancient symbiote that had come like during medieval times. Mm -hmm. And it's basically resurrecting. It's coming back and really igniting these symbiotes to act out again. But uh that, that, that's basically all that's in number one. But it was a great introduction, I think, for what they want to do with the run. Some people are a little bothered that it, it feels like a redo of uh, Coates' run, I think. That, that, that the, the relationship between Eddie and the symbiote are still like acting out. But I, I think that Cates can really do some interesting things here. Mm-hmm. And the, the art by Ryan Stegman was... Beautiful. Yes, he knows how to do his black splotches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very well. I, I, I mean, it's it's nothing that I, I don't think it's nothing that we haven't seen before in terms of you know there's a super soldier team going on. There's you know the the symbiotes acting up, but Kate's and Stegman just work so well together. Yeah, definitely one of the best creative teams I think Marvel has actually assembled mm-hmm. in quite some time. I mean, like getting Kate's on an exclusive contract was a genius move because he's yeah. do, he's he's doing great stuff. <laughs> like he's he's probably my favorite writer out there right now. If you haven't read God Country, check it out. It made me cry. I have the book. Yeah. Is, did he also work on Redneck? Is that another yeah, one? Yeah, he's got Redneck. Saying? He's got yeah. Babyface. So yeah, Redneck is about vampires who are rednecks. 
Yeah. And it's 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 a really it, he's really good at writing family stuff, which I think is gonna be interesting. Yeah. What he does with the symbiote and, and sort of Eddie there, sort of you know giving them each their own characteristics and everything, making. A, a bo- like a, a bond but like an emotional bond that you really feel yeah as well as just dark theme books in general he just mm-hmm. he just knocks it out of the park every time yeah and I mean it, it's as a number one as someone who hasn't you know been caught up in the recent Venom runs I think it's, it does a good introduction it shows you what everything's doing yeah and, I think the only problem I have with it is that for people who are just jumping in mm-hmm. because of the hype of Venom um I don't think it actually explains like what has happened to this symbiote in the universe for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Like they're introducing the new language, but th- they didn't really explain like symbiotes are now called Clintars because of that run with Guardians of the Galaxy, where they right, space, they, space symbiote. Yeah, where yeah. they purified Eddie's symbiote and and mm-hmm. made it good again. Yeah, well, I mean, at, at the same time, I'm sure they'll explain it at one point. But you know, bring that into the number one issue might have been like an exposition dump or whatever. Which yeah, or even just an editor's note of like, oh, check this out for yeah. to understand Clintars. Or I whatever. don't. Do they still do editors' notes? I I feel like they're going back on them. Like, yeah, it, it's very slight that they do it. Mm-hmm. Like I think there was one in the next book we're talking about, Justice Week No Justice. Yes, yes, there was. And yeah. I, I mean. A lot of DC books are just like, hey, did you read Dark Knight's Metal? You should have, because <laughs> everything's spitting out of it. It it destroyed the DC universe, and now we're putting all the pieces Yeah, back so, I mean, Dark Knight's Metal, you don't need to know much about it, but you need to know that they, you know, basically, the good guys fought the bad guys. Good guys won, but they tore, uh, like, a hole in, like, the fabric of space and time sort of thing. Yeah, the dark multiverse has been sealed up, but repercussions have been... Yeah, and I mean, it starts off with, I think, four Justice League teams, maybe three. Yep, Team Wisdom, Mm -hmm. Team Entropy, Team Mystery, and Wonder. Yes. I'm surprised I got all four Wow, that was really impressive. Wow. Is Scooby-Doo a part of Team Mystery? No, he not died. even Batman's team mystery. Oh, yeah, did, no, you don't say. <laughs> but no, but basically, no justice is the start. It's 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 a weekly series. It's it's four issues, and then it's going to spin off into new Justice League books. Yeah, for event books like this, I really like Scott Snyder on them. He's the he's the main writer, as well as I think it's Tom King and someone else. Uh, yeah, and we have I think Joshua Williamson's in on this. Yeah. Uh, James Tinian's in on this. Oh, good to have Tinian on. I that. think it's I those. Like, I think I like it's those four. Hmm? I think it's those four because it's four issues. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So uh, I don't know who actually wrote the first issue. Then was it Snyder? It, w- it was all, all four. Okay, all yeah. Four so of them, yeah. all four of them are being credited for all four, all four issues. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. So they're probably like handling a team each or whatever. Yeah. And, like, or Scott Snyder wrote it all, and everyone else is just yeah. Hosting. Everyone's just revising it. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, but, but as for the actual story, basically. Uh, the Justice League's fighting Brainiac, and so they create these four teams, and it's full of heroes and villains. I mean, Lex Luthor is in on there, Sinestro's in on there. Um, Lobo, surprisingly. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, it's an amalgamation of all the popular DC heroes and villains, and they're like, well, you know, save for the psychotic ones who they really can't have in there. Sorry, yeah. Joker. <laughs> That'd be fun, though. Uh, but yeah, and they're basically fighting Brainiac, and Brainiac's like, yo, guys. I need your help, and they're like attack, <laughs> and then yeah. No, please let me let me let me hear. It let out. me explain, <laughs> and then they talk, and they're like, Brainiac, you know what? We thought about it, and you're right. And then basically, the book ends with three cosmic beings that um, they've based that they've woken up or sort of you know brought to the universe by tearing a thing in the source wall or patching up the dark universe. So it's these three unstoppable god things, and they're all somewhere else. And then it just sort of the last page is them appearing on Earth. So it's sort of that. Now, a lot of people are drawing parallels to the last book we're talking about today mm-hmm, because it's the same thing. It's, it's the exact the same, same book. thing in Avengers number one. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, both books are, you know, it starts off with the heroes. You introduce them. You get some quips. You yeah. Know, Thor does some drinking and stuff. And then by the end, it's these three 
monolithic beings that the Justice League and the Avengers are going up against. Now, the big kerfuffle about this going on is that Obviously, Bendis, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Michael Bendis, he was working exclusively for Marvel. He's jump shipped to DC. Everyone's now having this conspiracy theory. Did he tell all of DC like Marvel's plans? Because they're just running the same story now. Yeah, it's 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 the big teams going up against three bad guys, and it's like huh. yeah, these celestial god tier beings. Yeah, which I mean. Both issues are good. I, I enjoyed both of them. Yeah. But then, I, I mean, I read Justice League first, and then I read Avengers, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I, I do think I prefer the Justice League No Justice uh, road for it. Uh, I think because of the art, though. Francis Manipal, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it's so clean. I mean, I, Avengers has a lot of different panel configurations and stuff in it, mm-hmm. but Manipal, I mean, I haven't seen him on a book since uh, The Flash, New 52. That's the last time I read his stuff, but he's yeah, same. He's, he's so good so pretty yeah great to have him back on a on like a big event book for Mm -hmm. them um the avengers i think the big worry i have is actually the team composition it's great to have iron man cap and thor the original ones back together again Mm -hmm. which is i mean it's been a while yeah and then they got doctor strange and black panther great to see them on now it's the three draft picks of savage hulk who is she hulk you got it's Spanish or Mexican Ghost Rider? Uh, Mexican Ghost Rider. Yeah, Mexican Ghost Rider, who isn't technically a rider because he drives a car. And then it's better for the environment. Yeah, that's a lie. <laughs> it's a it's and, a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a hybrid in the in the, I would read that in the realms He's a hell. very woke Ghost Rider. Oh, that'd be awesome. They need to do that. Why haven't they? <laughs> Jeez. But uh, and then the last one that. I don't know if they can redeem her as Captain Marvel. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, the Avengers movie just came out and the core is the core from the Avengers movie. Yeah. And you got Captain Marvel who should be, you know, she's going to be a big part of the movies going forward, it seems like, from the rumblings, right? Yeah. But in the comics, she's been damaged. Oh, yeah. For a considerable amount of time. Yeah. uh, Events take their toll. Yeah. Especially Civil War II. I mean, not not in terms of story. Yeah. But they take their toll. Yeah. Yeah. It, when the creative teams like don't do anything like fun or like really expand on the established character, it just feels boring and bland after mm-hmm. after years. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's all that came out in comics. Yeah, I mean, we could touch on DC Nation Zero as well because Free Comic Book Day was a big day. Yeah, last week. Yeah. Uh, so DC Nation Zero, uh, we already outlined Justice Week No Justice. So we'll touch on the other two books. Yeah, so it's three three stories, 25 cents, which when I saw that price, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get six copies. And I'm like, wait, the point is to save money. <laughs> Never mind. All right. It's all good. But the even in our comments section for your comic roundup, mm-hmm. 25 cents for Bendis? Oh, I'll yeah. pass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Someone's like, I'm not going to pay 25 cents for Bendis. And I think it was Cole Watson. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the new conspiracy theory for me. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, Bendis' story, I have, nowhere, I have no idea where that's going. Because no. this, in this part of his book, instead of actually addressing the enemy that he revealed in Action Comics 1000, mm-hmm. it's about this new diversity hire yeah. to the uh to the daily planet mm-hmm. and how she's a villain <laughs> yeah and it, so it, it's weird because it's like at the end of the issue you find out that this this person's a villain right and it's like okay and during the issue you find out that lois lane has quit and she's gone somewhere and it's weird because superman like right now in the comics it's lois superman and their son and they're all together yeah. and it's like okay 
uh, where's the son? Did, is he shipped yeah, off to boarding John? school? Where, where's Lois Lane? And they're just like, no, we're not going to tell you that, but we're going to have some old radio talk, old newspaper talk, and then yeah. we're going to say that the diversity hire is a supervillain or a part of something. So, Yeah, I have no idea where it's going to go. His first story arc is going to be very confusing to follow, I think, because he he's, he's already set up all these threads, and I don't think he has the ability anymore to actually put them all together into a good knot. I love a good knot, though. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Bendis, we'll see. Hopefully we're wrong. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it's, it's exciting on okay. one front, but on the other front, it's, he hasn't really written good stuff in a while. So Yeah, I'm and, losing faith by the issue. Yeah. But uh, another one that I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm with is... I think uh, I liked it more than you did. Yeah, is Tom King's Batman run. Mm-hmm. And this time they're promoting, obviously, the Batman and Catwoman marriage. Yeah, and of course they do that by focusing solely on the Joker. Yeah, the way where's do. my invitation? Yeah, so the Joker goes to a random guy's house <laughs> because he's heard about the marriage between Catwoman and Joker. I mean, Catwoman, oh wow, Catwoman and Batman. And he goes to a random guy's house and just looks in the mail and he's like, where's the mail? So he basically kidnaps this person and is waiting for his invitation at a random guy's house because, you know, he's crazy. And the, the issue is him just talking to this guy and about the, the relationship and everything. And he's like, why would Batman send me an invitation? No, he's not sending you the invitation. He's sending me the invitation, okay? It's just going to be at this time, at this date. He has it all planned of where <laughs> this invitation is going to be sent. And then the guy asks him why, and he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, That's just going to be mean, how it's going to be. It's going to be somewhere. Why not here? Yeah. And the guy's like, you're going to kill me, right? And he's like, no. <laughs> and, you know, spoilers, but... Something pops in the door with a nice wax symbol. Mm-hmm. It's my invitation. It's not. Nope. <laughs> he just interprets it as it. Yeah. It really is just something from the guy's school notifying him that his daughter didn't show up for class again. Yeah. Really? They sealed that it, with wax? Yeah, it's it's a private school. It was a nice house. It was very, yeah. But yeah, there's a wedding coming issue 50, Batman Catwoman, which I'm looking forward to. So yeah, me too. I'll definitely pick it up since it's already in my pull list. But I don't know with Tom King, it's either you get a lot in issue or you get nothing. Yep, exactly. Like I think it was 46 was Catwoman (laughs) just picking out her her wedding dress and and it had like zero dialogue. (laughs) It was just because it's a big issue. It, <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever gone wedding dress shopping? It was really pretty. And OK, half, half the story was her picking out the wedding dress and half it was Batman like sleeping stuff. I don't care. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> the wedding dress stuff was really nice. And she broke into a store and stole the wedding dress. And of course, it was black. Yeah. So, you know, it is a nice dress. Yeah. For that. I'm excited for the wedding. But hopefully Tom King brings his A game. Yeah. I think the booster gold issues that have been going on right now, they're fun. So I hope he can continue that. <clears throat> But yeah, I think that's all we have to say yeah. about comics. Cool. All right. And uh, Cole, you and Jordan both got a chance to play, get some real hands-on time with uh, the Nintendo Labo. Yeah, with our reviews. All right, guys. I know you both have very, very, yeah, very different, different opinions of this. Yeah, so let's just get right into it. I just mean, go. I want to start off with scores. <laughs> okay, so Cole, you did the robot suit. I did Boycon number two, the robot suit. I per- I gave it a 6.5. Jordan Wood, you give Variety Kit. I was... I'm on the fence right now. Because I'm kind of leaning between, like, an 8 or a 9. Yeah. And there's reason for that. Um, now, I, I you know, I was actually just, just uh, looking at your review. Because, uh, you know, I need to know what you're saying 
to sort of balance out my review as well. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what you said, um, I think like I agree with, um, and I can definitely see, I, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from on the robot. Um, because yeah, I think, uh, I'll well, why don't we this. actually, yeah, back it up okay, a little bit. Yeah, like, let's rewind. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's just, just to set the, set the stage here, Cole, you got a chance to look at the robot kit yes. and Jordan, you got a chance to look at the variety pack. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, let's start with, uh, since you were looking back at Cole's review, let's start with Cole. Cole, what, like, okay. So tell us a little bit about your time with it. Okay. So, so brief introduction, Labo, if you don't already know it, is Cardboard Creations by Nintendo. Uh, you interplay, you build these toys, and then you interact with the Switch with them uh, to play a game. Uh, with the robot kit, it's one lengthy build. So it took about three to four hours, I'd say, wow. over two mm-hmm. sessions to build. Uh, and then I got to play with it for an hour and I was done. Okay, hold on. So when you were doing the sessions, did you yeah. actually follow the the bre- recommended break times that they have set out in the... So during the instruction manual, yeah. there are like recommended break times when it's like, okay, step away and take a little break from yeah, now. you've done enough for now. Yeah, Let's did you actually follow that or did you... Uh, I went through... I think in my first session, I completed the visor and then I completed... Uh, I think I got halfway through the backpack. So I created the pistons and I created like the main housing unit for mm-hmm. them. But I didn't create like the actual shell of the backpack and I didn't create like the the strings that would actually control the limbs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, th- so that was my first session. Then the second one, uh, I finished it all up. Uh, looks nice. It, it doesn't really fit me very well because <laughs> obviously it's intended for a kid six, ages six and up. Yeah, so... It- is there any sort of like different sizes you can set it for or is it just a one size? So the great thing about the strings is that they give you plenty of length on them okay. and you can like adjust the slack on them. That way uh, an, an adult can actually move the robot or, you know, really tighten up those strings and, and a kid can easily do it as well. Oh. So I had no problem actually controlling it. It's just the content of the robot experience itself was very shallow and underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh because all it was was a five-minute time attack that they expect you to play over and over again, uh, and then a quick challenge mode to acquire some new moves. That was it. That's it. So I was like two modes. Yeah, two modes for three, three plus hours of work to actually, to actually assemble it. I'm like, there's just no payoff here for something for the most expensive of the kits. This is retailing at hundred dollars Canadian. Uh, and I only get an hour play time with it before I'm like, there's no reason to actually jump back in. Now, what about the garage? The garage is the most interesting component mm-hmm. because I think this is where Nintendo needs to push Labo the most is because the actual kit itself, the robot kit, very underwhelming. Toy-Con Garage, very impressive on what they mm-hmm. can do with it because I think the best thing Nintendo can do is create in-house build guides because people are already experimenting with with the garage they're creating guitars they're creating drums that they even create a cute little remake of uh the game and watch ball game but dude i saw someone make like punch out in the garage i haven't seen that one yet but that sounds really cool so it's like if nintendo can create some in-house build guides get kids to experiment even more to create their own cardboard creations i think that's great but for the actual kit the people are going to purchase I don't think there's value there, at least in the robot kit. Mm-hmm. 
because I would definitely say out of the two available right now, I would recommend you go with the variety kit first to find out if your kid or you are interested in the Labo experience and then jump onto the robot if you really want to. So if if you're someone that's going to buy both those, is, is like, and I let's say I buy the toy that the garage and I really love it. Would you be like, okay, get that one too, just to complete it, give you a separate... So the garage is included with either one of these yeah. kits. Okay. Yeah, it's it's in the it's like Discover a hidden feature almost. Oh, sorry. Yeah. What exactly is the garage? So the garage is just uh, there, there's three central points to the software. There's Make It, where it t- where it tells you all the instructions. Mm-hmm. There's Play with mm-hmm. your specific kit, so it'll give you like mini games for the variety kit. Mm-hmm. It'll give you the the options for the robot. And then the third one is Discover, where it teaches you all about the technology behind what they did and all the engineering in the yeah. kit. And cool. then the last component is the garage, where it's, it, like, it's expected for like intermediate levels. It's sort okay. of like a like a very rudimentary like programming system. Like you basically yeah. get like points, um, and you like you create lines between. Um, I guess like what both of the joy cons will do. So like, you know, you can create some lines and moving your joy con a certain way will cause like one of them to vibrate or something like that. So that's how you can kind of like do like stuff like make a guitar or, you know, moving your joy con a certain way will like move a line a certain way. So it's all like just um, like an interesting like programming tool. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah, that- you're, you're creating nodes, you're assigning functions and then you're actually you know, you can add cardboard onto that. So obviously make the guitar, make just a little stick man and make him vibrate with the yeah. Joy-Con. Yeah, that stuff came with uh, like with the variety pack. Um, yeah. And I haven't really, I've barely scratched the surface in using the uh, the garage because it is a little, it is a little overwhelming when you like jump right into it. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so tell us a bit about the variety pack. Oh, yeah, so, so when I jumped into the variety pack, I kind of so I started with the uh, with the RC car. I sat down with my girlfriend and we made it together. It was a little like date night that we had, and she enjoyed it, which I thought was like already neat because she's not a huge gamer. So like kind of being able to sit down with with her and like kind of do a, like a little project was uh, like really like special for me. Um, but then I did a lot of the other stuff by myself. So um, between uh, like building almost everything. Uh, I'd say each build like took me like different lengths of time. Like the piano probably took me the most amount of time. And that one's probably the most yeah. complex. Um, yeah. Like the RC cars were nothing. The RC cars are probably the, the one I spent the least amount of time with. Cause there really isn't that much to them. Did they just come on like one sheet? Yeah, pretty much. You just, you, you yeah. pop them out and fold them. They're very easy. Like I could imagine uh, like a six year old could uh, like handle that. Um, but then like, uh, the piano probably took me maybe like, uh, two or three hours to make. Um, and I didn't really take the, the recommended breaks. Like, like I, I built, I think that I built the whole frame of the piano stopped and then I built all the individual keys. Cause that's the thing that really took the longest, the fishing rod I nailed. I, I, you know, I, I knocked out in like about an hour. Um, the, uh, the motorbike, which I actually thought was going to take me a lot longer. I knocked out to like in like in about an hour and a half. Um, those ones I could, I could, I could imagine kids being okay to build. Uh, at least I know you said that, uh, like you saw them struggling with it. Yeah. But like, it, it's like, 
Okay, I'll, I'll talk about that after. But I've 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 kind of I've basically in previous podcasts I've definitely said my piece about this. Yeah, but um, like, anyway, because to me it seemed like those were the ones that were like like they weren't so complicated that like um, a kid maybe with some minimal assistance couldn't handle it. Now, granted, I definitely see where you're coming from because there are like some like intricate parts to this thing, uh, like to a lot of the variety packs that. It seems to me like, yeah, like this probably should have been aged up a bit more. Like, I don't think six is a good starting point, maybe like eight or nine. Yeah. Um, and, and it weirds me out doubly because like, like, like you said, Cole, I had such a blast um, building these things that it seems weird that they didn't market it to like the adult crafting crowd because like adult coloring books are so popular. <laughs> like yeah. there is such a market for like adults doing crafts like people really could get a kick out of this um and like in terms of uh the like the games themselves i yeah like i definitely and this is where i think that like realistically yeah the 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 fact that the robot is so much more expensive than the variety pack is kind of baffling to me because you really do get more out of the variety pack just from like games alone um mm-hmm. granted how much you're going to get out of each game is probably uh questionable because i could see like myself getting uh quite a bit of time out of like the fishing game because it's, it's pretty chill like you just sort of like it, it it does simulate fishing um pretty well for what it is like i I, per- I really wish there was a little bit more depth to it like you could actually like choose like different lures and different like you know uh like bait and stuff and actually like, there's, like there was actually a point to it yeah um so you know my hope obviously is that like they evolve on this technology um but like, and you know, the piano itself too, like I really liked the piano. I really liked um, like going into the discover portion and seeing like how it worked and, and they like breaking down sort of the science of why it works. Um, and the studio was so cool too, like actually trying to like make music setting uh, like different beats and stuff because the piano actually like, so you build um, every key like has uh between two bars in the back of the piano there's it sits like the joy con sits in the back the infrared scanner reads the there's these two like infrared stickers that can like that it scans and it like it's basically sets a bar and then every time a key goes up there's an infrared sticker on the back of each key so the joy con registers the key moving up and it makes a note right yeah but there's also like a, a slot on the top for where you can insert like basically like a punch card and that will you could like there's like there's four uh, rows and I think maybe like six uh, like d- like dots for every row and that's how you could like like putting um, like little cardboard punches in those dots will set like a beat and then you can okay. save the beat you can like replay it you can add notes on top of it so it's really interesting like how deep you can go with it if you're if you want to. Um, same with the uh, with the like the with the the motorcycle. Like the motorcycle was a ton of fun, and there's like a level builder for it too. Like it works really well. Um, the way you you sort of use it, like you build it, and then you uh, it it has like a sort of um, like an anchor point at the bottom where you rest it on your chest. So as you're holding it, uh, like it's it's balanced on your chest, but you can so you can like turn the handlebars to like turn your bike, but you can also lean with it. So like so it's actually like a lot more um functional than you would imagine. And that's really where I where like I was 
enjoying it the most was just sort of seeing how this stuff was working, like putting it together was a ton of fun. And I think that there really is something to be gained from this because like any uh, kid, you know, from a, from a young age, maybe to like a sort of a middle, like tween area, who's like into this sort of like, uh, like engineering sort of into this, like, like, you know, very rudimentary, uh, putting it together and, and exploring the science behind it. They're really going to get a lot out of this. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, it's so interesting and engaging and, and so like, uh, like well presented. Like I loved playing with, uh, in like the discover portions and seeing the little like dialogue between the three characters and like, you know, breaking down how the, how like every game works and like how certain little extra elements work, how the, how the toy cons themselves work. And it's such an interesting teaching tool to me that I think the real, Oh, sorry, go ahead. It's definitely in like that educational program format. And the fact that you do have like dialogue choices, uh, no matter like if they're just not going to result in anything. Yeah. Like at least it's a way to like add interactivity with the kid and like keep their attention on it. Oh, absolutely. Right. And like, like, like I said earlier on in the podcast, right? Like Nintendo is so good at making these things like creative, you know? Yeah. Um, I think back to like the Mario maker, uh, e-manual and how it had like a little like assistant kind of like tell like breaking things down for you and explaining stuff to you and like almost like engaging with you as the player right like they make it um very easily digestible and engaging that way so yeah like i don't know i i really really liked it like i really and, and i think like like knowing like seeing what it is because yeah like i i i can't help but deny or i can't help but agree that um you know like for certain people yeah, like these games, these 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 are mini games, right? Like they're, you're not going to get that much out of them, depending on how much you're willing to put into them. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's like like what little what what flaws it does have. Um, I think they're 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 outshined by like like just how much this thing has going on and like the potential it has and and what it's doing as a teaching tool that like. It, you know whether or not these you know the, these things are going to break in uh however like however rough you decide to be with them because i mean and and the quality of the cardboard too is pretty good like you know yeah i was genuinely surprised i that being said when you actually like when it's still in it like it's sheet form that's when it's most vulnerable when it's actually together into oh, yeah. its solid pieces th- there's some durability there and i mean you can be like like i personally like i was i was sort of like um trying to reinforce as much as I could. So like when I was building certain parts, if I felt like a part like felt kind of like, like a flap didn't fold all the way or something like I, I was like taping things together and kind of trying to make it more durable that way. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like maybe that just comes from, from a very basic ingenuity. Like some parents might be like building this with their kids and be like, you know what? Yeah. Let's maybe let's tape this up a little bit. Maybe let's make it a little bit stronger. Okay. Like, but do you think that's necessary? That's the no, thing. No, I like don't the think fact, so at all. I, just, fa- I think I the was... fact that you were, sorry, I, I mean, because the fact that you were doing that to begin with, right? Like these parents are buying these with their and working on them. Just assuming, okay, for they're they're pay, let's pretend that these parents are paying attention to the age level here and they're doing these projects with their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you felt you needed to reinforce it, the p- cardboard. Now I didn't experience that one and during my time with it but the like do you feel like 
You you did that for a reason. Well, no. See that. See, okay. So that's the, that's the thing. I don't feel like it was necessary. Like when I was putting it together, it felt durable. Like it felt good. Okay. But I was doing it as like an extra precaution because I was like, you know what? If I want to make this thing last a little bit longer, you know, it's probably better to, to just to like you know put those little reinforcement bits like where like I think they should go like, you know, for like the piano, I like reinforce the keys. Cause obviously I'm going to be like plunking away at them. I don't want them to, to deteriorate, you know, at the rate that they probably should. But when I put them together and built them, like they didn't feel like flimsy. They didn't feel like they were going to crumble on me. I just did it because like it, you know, it was a precaution I was taking. Not even necessarily a precaution. It was just sort of an added step that I was like, you know what? I want to make this thing last as much, like as long as I can. And I'm going to do that. But at no point did I feel like it was a hundred percent necessary. Like if I, if I had any real, like any real complaints, um, even like in the build, it was more maybe leaning towards a side that like, like the way it was being built, like on the game, like it, it wasn't as perfect as it like as it was like when i was putting it together like because it's just the nature of like you know the reality of folding cardboard and putting it together like obviously the game is going to make it look like this perfect thing and then when you actually put it together like you're going to have like the human fault right like i like some of the stickers i didn't put on 100 percent perfect and once they're on they're on yeah so like that was my thing but then again like you know i couldn't really be super mad at it because it's like this you know because the demo itself was so uh so well put together you know like how yeah. you can control like the speed that the that it's showing you how to put these things together how in depth it goes to show you like the the amount of freedom it gives you to like move the screen and see what you're doing like it's so great like it's just it it's so uh, it's so useful i think to any like um younger player who's going to be using it like they're it's 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 so well explained to them. Yeah. I think my last thought with it would be particularly with the younger ages. I, I think that if the parent is buying this for their kid, they have to realize like their maturity level for sure. Mm-hmm. When dealing with something fragile like this is that if they're going to have outbursts or the, or even just seeing like the way they treat their toys already. Oh yeah. 100%. It's like, yeah. You have to acknowledge like the maturity level of your child before you really invest in a project like this. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, 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 you know, kind of like, like you said, Lisa, like not every kid is going to be ready for this. Like I, I think back to when I was like in great, like grade school and I was of this age and like, we had some kids in my school. It made me laugh thinking about it. Um, that were really like, like Martin Prince, like they'd show up to school and they would have like, like remember the episode of Simpsons where Martin built the nuclear power plant demo and he's like, it actually generates power. Like there were kids <laughs> in my class who were like that. And so that's, that's why I guess I, maybe I'm biased in thinking that like, a, like a kid at six might've been able to handle this. Um, I realized that there was probably a huge margin of error in my thinking. Um, yeah, and I even think back to when I was a kid. I pro- I tell you right now, I wouldn't have been able to build that piano by myself. I would have needed help. But the fishing rod, yeah. I might have been able to handle by myself. Um, the house, for sure, I wouldn't have been able to do. The motorbike, maybe, because like I said, it really wasn't as complicated as I thought it was going to be. Like, And the RC car is no problem. Like, there really is nothing to them. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that was my, my only major complaint about the Labo in general, mm-hmm. is that uh, if that's the age group that they want this to hit it is i would have liked low. to have seen more yeah it's yeah, way yeah. too low mm-hmm. or 
just make another kit that is for that lower age yeah. group. Like yeah. make more yeah. like the RC car, mm-hmm. right? There's there's plenty of things like and, that. And also just like, last thing, if, if you're going for the Lego crowd, I mean, cardboard is durable, but it's not as durable as Lego bricks. No. Right? no. Yeah, it's, it's also cheaper than Lego bricks. <laughs> Everything is. That's premium right there. So yeah. Really, yeah. Okay. if I can leave off on a final thought as well, like it's, you know, yes, it is. It is a flawed product, but it's so indicative of what Nintendo's like message is. And it's like creativity, like learning and like and and building something like having a sort of a unique experience and what it does and what its potential to do uh, for me is a lot greater than the flaws that come with the product itself. Hmm. All right. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks for your thoughts on all that. I think we're gonna wrap it up though. <laughs> so it's a super it special, been... extra long podcast. Yeah, this has been a this has been a bit of a ride. This has been a bit of a, but uh Brendan's yeah. gonna have fun editing this. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Thanks, Brendan. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Um so Thanks, guys, for talking today. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you like what you hear or you want to know more about the things that were talked about, uh, please visit us at cgmagonline.com. You can like and subscribe to our podcast on Bun's Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can follow us on Facebook at CG Magazine, on Instagram at CG Mag Online, and on Twitter at CG Mag Online. Guys, you want to plug your Twitters? Uh, cool. At Kaiser underscore Watson. And if you find my ditty... Use the hashtag found your dick. <laughs> I'm, I'm not switching that hashtag. Not, nope. Oh, oh my. You need Alex? a thousand like joke t- yeah. like tweets about that. Like just people sending you songs. Like, is this your ditty? <laughs> I'm going to write that on our, I'm going to make sure that this is in the description for the podcast. It's going to be hashtag find That's your gonna ditty. That's going to be the title of the podcast. <laughs> Find Cole's ditty. I hope you find oh your ditty. <laughs> and, uh, I already regret this choice. <laughs> uh, no, too late. You committed. You committed. Uh, Alex, what's your what's your Twitter? Ax Hansiuk. You have geez. a hashtag? Uh, hashtag find his ditty. Just please, people. <laughs> Let's go mobilize. <laughs> How's you, Jordan? What's yours? It's at Ninja Jordan underscore. And I'm at Lisa Awesome with no ease. Um, you can catch past episodes of Pixels and Ink on YouTube, so you can subscribe to our channel there as well. There's some great videos and it'll be fun. Uh, thanks again to uh, our sponsors for uh, taking the time to help us keep this podcast going. And from everyone here at CG Magazine, have a great weekend. <laughs>